Welcome to the Hospitality Maverick podcast with me, Michael Tinkser. We at Hospitality Mavericks are here to inspire leaders to create heart-centered and profitable businesses from the inside out, the kind to both employees and customers love and support. Thanks to BizSimply for sponsoring this episode as our show partner, and BizSimply is the all-in-one HR, workforce management, rotate operations software designed and built by hospitality experts to make every shift run like clockwork. And we join forces to help the industry to find new ways to become even more innovative in how we lead our people, how we operate, to how we grow our businesses, to how we serve our customers. Together, we want to share strategies and tools that can make the industry thrive long-term, not just survive. I was never particularly the greatest operator, which I think was one of, one of my, one of my downfalls. I think as, a, as an owner of any, any business, it's, it's getting people to buy into your, your vision of what you want to do and, and being able to really easily communicate that to the rest of the team and then also communicate that to your customers. And at the end of the day, you know, really, if you have a really good idea or you really think something is, is worth doing or worth sharing, it's about breaking it down and going, look, what is the problem we're solving? How are we going to solve it? And what is the impact? And breaking it down to that like really simple framework to come to a really clear business decision. Today, I have a very special guest for you. It's Ed Berry, the founder and CEO of Edify System, a trailblazing force in hospitality technology. In this interview, Ed shares the journey he's been on in hospitality from running a chain of coffee shop to building Edify and what kind of industry challenges Edify tries to address and solve. We explore their, their mission and hear about real-world success stories from operators that are solving issues in the operations and creating profitabilities by using insights from the Edify platform. Ed shares his light on the role of technology in fostering better communication and collaboration as well as profitability within a hospitality business. And we discuss some of the pressing is industry issues and Ed shares many of his own learnings as an operator himself. If you want to get more insights on what Maverick leaders know and do, as well as more backstage info on the show, sign up for a weekly newsletter, Maverick Talk, five minutes each week that could transform your leadership and business forever. Find the link in the show notes or visit hospitalitymavericks.com and sign up there. Get ready for a very insightful conversation at the intersection of technology, hospitality, and building a profitable business. Grab your notebook and enjoy. Today, we will uh, be talking with an entrepreneur. The first was in the, the front line of hospitality or built a business that was very much in customer contact on a daily basis, coffee shop business, and then found out he had really a lot of pain lots of pain points that he felt that current solutions, technology solution, this example, was not really fulfilling. So he said, well, I have to go and build that. And that's what he's done. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me on here. Very excited to be here. Yeah, and me too, because it's always interesting, especially when it comes to tech and people that are listening to the show knows that I really like that the people that as founders or run tech businesses actually have been operators because then you understand something about the pain and it's not enough to identify the pain, but it's like, how does it feel? It's a very different thing. 
It's a very different thing. And I think especially through running business through COVID, that was even, that was brought everything to light. Yeah. So, so for people at joining in and, you know, don't know much about you, the, the businesses you've been involved in, can you talk a bit about like your journey into entrepreneurship and how you went to build a coffee chain and, you know, why you identified something you had to go and pursue? Sure. Say so I was, it all, I mean, it all started when I was 22 years old. I moved to New York and worked as a manny and this was like for this family in New York. And I had so much free time. I was overpaid and underworked and I had so much free time that I ended up going to every single coffee shop in New York. And I just fell in love with the hustle and bustle of New York coffee life. And I just thought then and there, I was like, I kind of didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I thought I could do better in London. So I came back in May, 2016. And then in February, 2017, started up my first coffee shop. It was called Over Under Coffee. The reason behind the name is that my dad is English. My mum is a Kiwi. And so it was an ode to my heritage, I suppose. And the first, the first shop went incredibly well. It was a huge, huge success. And then we opened a second one really, really quickly. And it was uh, a complete not success. And that was a very steep learning curve. And we closed that one quite quickly. And then took a lot of the learnings from that and then scaled up to eight locations in the UK. And then we had a franchise business in the Middle East. And in September, 2022, I sold over under to Blank Street Coffee who were launching in the UK as part of their global expansion. That's an amazing journey, um, Ed, you've been on. So like, because I know the pain points of just the journey of going from two to four and, and then beyond four. There's like lots of different phases in that. And challenges as you, you're growing your, your, your business, but also a team, but, but what is, what's pain points did you discover on, on that journey that made you do what you do today? I think the main pain points really were, is that restaurants and hospitality businesses, there are lots of moving parts from front of house to back of house, to accounting, to operations, to a whole myriad of different things. And I think being a founder and an operator you have to wear so many hats. And I, yeah. I just felt there were so many moving parts and I really couldn't get a grasp on, you know, the really key numbers and the key data points to make improvements to my business. And a lot of the time the reporting was kind of end of month reporting. And so you were looking back on something that happened six weeks ago and it was too late to make a change. And I really wanted to be able to really know in the moment, you know, what are the things that I need to do to make my business better, to make it more profitable. And I think that search for understanding profitability was one mm. of the things that I, I definitely lacked. And what did you do at that point to, to achieve that? Well, what kind of approaches did you take as a, a founder, founder operator? I think I, with, with the size of that business. I mean, I think that the main thing we were scraping together a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of different systems, uh, a lot of manual processes, trying to really understand where the kind of profitability was coming from or where the lack of profitability was coming from. And I think that was just, it required a lot of manual processes to really understand what are the two or three things in your business that are going to make the difference. And of course you have a high level overview, you know, you have a high level overview that you're the highest grossing product is X or your lowest grossing product is Y, but like really what is the impact of that on the rest of the business? And 
trying to do that at the same time as opening three shops a year, yeah. trying to hiring all these people. That is what, you know, it ended up falling to the bottom of the pile because it just, it was the most important thing, but it was probably the least interesting thing and where I didn't like to spend my time. And that's, I suppose, where it kind of leads into what we're trying to do now at, now at Edify, which is to, to give operators the data and insights that they need to run a better business. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because I could really, you know, as I was growing, it was more a cafe chain where we were growing very fast over a five-year period where we also, at that point, we're talking the 2000s. So we had spreadsheets, we had reports, and we were trying to understand why a unit didn't work. You always took these very top-line approaches. Oh, it's the rent that's too high. We didn't get the location right. But actually, it could be the design of the new, something, you know, we, and then we, when we had the time, we could sometimes just move a wall and then suddenly there was better flow through that unit and we just increased revenue with 10%. But we didn't have really an understanding. It was pure luck. It was not business insights, which I like, you know, the brutal facts of why things are not working out definitely have a better starting point than guessing a lot. So yeah, I can really, really resonate with that. But so, so talk a bit about, you know, Edify and what you've done there and what you built and which kind of operators you work with now and typical, what kind of problems are you solving for them? But now, of course, I, I, well, I think first and foremost, kind of when people ask us what Edify is, I, you know, I always talk about as being a, a software that can help streamline operators and, you know, maximize profitability. And then people go, well, what, what does that even mean? And I then go into that. Well, actually, what we really do is we're an inventory management and business analytics tool for mm. hospitality businesses. We focus uh, on coffee shops, cafes, bakeries, and franchises uh, at the moment. And we really want to get a good foothold in there because we think we can add a huge amount of value quite quickly to help these operators run a more profitable business. Uh, and at the, the end of the day, that's what we really, really want to do. We want to help operators reduce the amount of time they spend on quite frankly, quite boring admin tasks uh, and give them the ability to really understand their business, to make positive impact on their bottom line. And if we can do that through uh, becoming a software partner to, to these businesses, uh, whilst providing like a, a support mechanism to kind of brainstorm problems with them, that's where we really want to be. And what typical would happen if I'm as an operator saying, okay, this sounds really interesting. And I want to get involved with Edify or definitely know more. What is typical, what typical happens when you start implementing Edify into your operation? I think first, so first and foremost, it depends kind of what system you have currently using. So some of our, some of our customers with kind of four to five sites or between five and 10 sites, either have a, a system they're not particularly happy with. Or other people have like, actually, no, this is our first time implementing a system. So there are two different, I suppose, customer bases there. I think we touch on the first one, uh, the first one who, who doesn't have a system perhaps or is using, you know, just kind of either emailing, phone calling suppliers, uh, using spreadsheets, logging onto portals. I think the first thing that we do is we, we give you a unified ordering platform. So all of your suppliers, you can order through one place. And some of the challenges previously is that uh, suppliers like to receive their orders in certain formats. So if I'm a fruit and veg supplier, I want you to log into my portal and I want you to place the order on the portal. Now for each location, I have a individual login as an example, mm. and I might have 12 suppliers. So if I've got five locations 
with 12 suppliers, each with different login, it becomes very complicated and there's no visibility of what's coming in and out. So what we've done from a software perspective is that we can take all of that data and just give you one platform. So if you order from, you know, Joe's fruit and veg or your coffee supplier or your milk supplier, it all comes into one platform. And then we pass that information to the supplier in whichever format they would like to receive it. So purely from an operational organizational perspective, you're then able to see everything that's coming in and out of your business, you know, whether you're in the business on a day-to-day basis or you're managing from an office, you know, and, and that's first and foremost, we give you that visibility. I think secondly, in terms of if we were coming in from a customer perspective and you've already got a system, the chances are, if you're talking to us, you're probably not particularly happy with the system. And whether what we've seen from a lot of other operators that are coming on board with us is that basically it, it's the support side, hospitality software support can be challenging at times for operators. You know, a lot of businesses in hospitality, their busiest times, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the nine to five traditional customer support is, it, it is not functioning well for hospitality operators. And I think for us, we have eight an hour and a support seven days a week. And that's where we really feel that we can add value from a support perspective. Uh, and, you know, we know the industry really, really well in all aspects. And I think any founder or operator who's listening to this, who understands that is that there is a lot, there's like a myriad of operational complexities and, you know, you're, you're, I know I keep talking about this, but you are wearing so many hats at once, you know. You've got to be HR, you've got to be operations, you've got to be the barista, you've got to be the dishwasher, and you've also got to be the finance person. And you know, the, the myriad of operational complexity that goes on is basically what we're trying to solve and give, you know, we don't want you searching for data. We don't want you spending time pulling things out and not know where they are. We want to be able to give that to you uh, front and center. What... um what uh, is like the typical, you know, gains people get as they use Edify? Because what is it that they see on the bottom line? We're talking about profitability, you know, besides, you know, save time, organization, you just have to click in one place. Love that. One click. So that's great. But what, like, what typical happens then when they start using the system and what typical, what kind of profitability gains can they expect? I think so. It, it varies on, on customer to customer, but from what we've seen from one of our average customers, which are between, you know, five and 12 locations, what we've seen on a per location basis is that we are able to increase bottom line profitability by between 40 and 70%. So it's, a, it's almost a doubling in bottom line profitability. And the way that we focus on is we basically focus on three key numbers, which are your sales, your cost of sales and your staff costs. And those are the three numbers that your frontline managers can control. Uh, and that's what a lot of businesses KPI their, their team on is your, your sales, cost of sales, your staff cost. Those are the three things that your, your general manager can control. And if you have visibility of every single number on a day-to-day basis, and then you get the insights from Edify on how to like impact those numbers to drive bottom line growth. That's where we, we see us being incredibly, incredibly valuable. We then also are able to pull in the customer experience side, so integrations with Google My Business or TripAdvisor to then give them an amazing customer experience KPI. So look, actually, a lot of the time, the kind of feedback from, from customers often get lost or get sent to head office. We can pull that in so GM gets that on a day-to-day basis. And again, if your customer experience is, is amazing, 
it helps drive top line, which then helps drive all the other two variable cost figures of your staff costs and cogs. That's really interesting because what you're talking about here is actually giving the GM the tool. It's not about just serving the head office. It's about getting them a tool so they actually can drive the numbers they're measured on because these numbers were also the numbers I was measured on. But often I was, when I was a GM, the gray hair talks, you know, they came a report four weeks after and then you looked at it. (laughs) Yeah. That's too late, you know, and I created my own system to to be on top of my, uh, especially labor costs. And Mike, I think that the other thing that you've got to realize is that or we, we all have to realize is that you've got so many different people that are going to be using any type of software and you have to, the decision maker who's making the software is not necessarily going to be the person using the software every day. And it's being able to understand the different nuances within Edify, you know, I need to make it super user-friendly for the person placing the orders who's maybe the barista or, or the chef. I need to make the data really, really accurate. And we need to be able to show how we're getting that data. So if the GM doesn't believe it, they can track where the data comes from, you know, and if the data is not believed, people stop using the software, which means it it becomes redundant anyway. And it's, it's not, it's not useful. And so we need to show really, really clearly, you know, this data, this data is very, very true and correct. And here is why, and you know. The people who are going to implement the system, you know, the decision maker, the owner, the operator, they want to get the results, but they're not going to be using it every single day. And so you have to, you've got those three different types of of people we're we're selling to within an organization that we need to make sure it works. Yeah, but I think it's really interesting. We're talking about here, the people that use it on a daily basis, often they're the last one to be, to ask. That's my experience with implementing technology corporate and small organization, their needs are less taken into account and how they actually, the format they want it in. And actually the single, as you said, really interesting conversation. I can't, probably can't count on my hands how many times I've had this. Is that number actually the real, is that the correct number? That's yeah, my exactly. labor? Yes, that, that is your labor. And you have spent X amount too much or you have understaffed, which sometime in my view is worse than, because that means we lost out on sales properly which is, uh, you, you don't going to get that again and have grumpy customers. But, but how do you then ensure that actually people trust that? Because like getting the front line to trust the numbers, there's always this skepticism. It was just offers that's doing these numbers. They're manipulating with them. This is not really what, how we are performing. We're really good. And I think that's, that the, the key difference for us is the alerts piece. So, you yeah. know, a lot of software that I have used previously as an operator is like, hey, here's the software, here's here's what you need to do. And when the you get to the end of the week and your data's wrong, well, you've used the system wrong. Mm. And typically these the systems are, they're quite complicated systems, you know, and we're not like imagery management for behind the scenes is quite tricky and is, you know, quite cumbersome when it requires a lot of manual input. So I think the way that we set ourselves out compared to lots of other operators is the, is the support and the alert side. So a small example, it's just a small example of this is our alerts around uh, order cutoffs. So like if I need to place my milk order as, a, as an example, by 4 p.m., you know, for next day delivery, we are able to then send, you know, multiple text alerts, WhatsApp alerts, email alerts if you want them to keep the team reminded. So we almost act as like a digital ops manager to support the operations team 
to execute the tasks, the basic tasks kind of day to day. That's really interesting because I was just thinking back as my, my, one of my conundrums as an ops manager, my first ops manager role was that actually I was just calling, especially on a Friday afternoon, have you put in the order or Thursday afternoon, have you put the order in for the weekend? Because I've been there too many times driving around, yeah. picking up from supermarkets. People are listening in, probably have been on that journey. What is typical, you know, as you're, you're, you're working with people in the front line, how are they working with it then when you give them these insights in the front line, they get them immediately. They can, I don't know if they can even, they can maybe even get a better idea about how they predict their next coming days as a GM and so on. What happens out there when they then just say, we, we, we expect they have the trust in the, the numbers are correct. What normally happens out there when they have that instancy of their numbers? I, I think that the main thing is that you are then able to change them. If you know what the numbers are, you can then make the, the relevant changes to, to make the numbers against your target. So just as an example of this is, let's say Monday, you know, we, for an example in the UK, train strikes. Train strikes have caused a huge number of issues in terms of being able to predict your sales, being able to predict your staff costs. So as an example, two weeks ago, we had uh, a customer that on the whole week was, you know, there were meant to be train strikes. Everyone had forecast train strikes. So you forecast your labor for that. Then on the Sunday night, you, they cancel the train strikes and everyone comes back to work. You can't change your, you can't change your schedules at that last minute, you know, or very few people are able to do that. And so being able to really understand how that impacts the rest of the week, you can then predict on a day-to-day basis what you need to do to make the changes to hit your targets. Mm. Yeah, and that's it's interesting because you have all these, you know, I was even thinking about, I think there's a train strike. I actually don't know if it's going ahead next week again. I mean, I these, these have huge influence on hospitality because not just the sales, lots of people say, oh, it's the sales, but it's also the, the stress it brings on the day-to-day operation or either waste or not enough produce if they suddenly cancel the train strike. And then you can't also not sell, not just a staffing issue. There's so many issues around it. I guess also what it helps with is also better understand what you can do next time when you've been through a week like that. I guess that's really the, the business insights, like really details what it meant and how can we actually, as they announce these things, how can we actually Maybe have people on standby and pay them a waiting fee, whatever. Exactly. And I think there's a huge amount of automation in terms of, you know, how do we look, how do we look at planning our labor? How do we look at planning our sales? How do we, you know, and if you can accurately plan your sales, you can accurately plan every other aspect of your business, you know, and Mm. the two biggest variable costs in hospitality are your staff costs and your cost of goods sold. And I know it's like, those are two like big, big chunks of hospitality business cost base, but those are the two things that you can control, but you can only control them really accurately if you can control and predict your top line sales and top line sales tend to solve a lot of the variable cost problems. You know, the greater your sales, the more flexibility you have with your cogs and your start costs. So number one is how do we, how do we drive top line sales? And then two. How do we then control the two variable costs really accurately and reliably and on a daily basis? I love to work with the team over at Bissimple because they are always striving to get better. 1% better every 
day. So I had to share this with you, because we simply have launched a new blogcast, which highlights some of their favorite hospitality maverick podcast episodes over time. And if you're new or hardcore super fan of the show, this is a perfect opportunity to catch up with some of the standout episodes from our massive back catalog. The Simply team has and will be extensively transcribing interesting moments from each episode while providing some new insights on our brilliant guest, the Mavericks. There's already some great write-ups with Mavericks like Chef Chantel Nicholson and the co-founder of Singerman's community of businesses, Ari Weinswein. Find them at thisimply.com slash blog and click blogcast on the right side menu. Enjoy. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. Lots of people always talk about how can we get more people in the doors, which is really important. There's no doubt about it. There's a marketing element, but also how do you manage your capacity? That's what you're talking about. When you then get the sale, how can you turn it up and down quickly? Yeah. And your, your beautiful job as a as the ops person is to manage that need of, need of the, the consumers that want to buy it. You can fulfill that with you know food and, and staff, as you say. What about... You know, so you say these people, they buy into it, they trust it more because I, one of the things I felt was very different from when I progressed up through the system was having these, when I got to this point where I was responsible, not just for my own PL, I was responsible for 50 other restaurant managers, PLs, and having these conversations about money and numbers was often a challenge because you surprised them what they hadn't dived into themselves, even though they had the data. Do you see the communication between these roles gets easier when people use the tool and have, you know, daily understanding about where they are? A hundred percent. And I think that the communication, the communication piece uh, dives a lot deeper because you've got the data, because you know what's going on. You can actually talk about the meaningful things. And, and it's not like, hey, well, where does this order go on or what's gone here or where's this invoice? All that stuff is within the system and we can automate a lot of the kind of manual part of imagery management. And, and that enables deep conversations to have, to really dive in and help, you know, managers or help your team better understand the numbers to drive better results and, and get a happier team out of the whole, the whole kind of network, I suppose. Yeah. Um, have you heard anyone coming back and saying that actually now when we talk about the numbers, we just move very quickly past that. It's much more fluent now we don't need to have this i almost call them in you know i can remember when i was a gm myself like you get interrogated on your numbers in a way but when there is transparency we just talk in my what i've experienced myself when there's really good alignment and transparency number you just talk about how can we actually move on how can we we here we want to go there and how we're going to do that and you definitely enables you to take a more strategic view on how to make the change within the business. And, and, and it's not just about top line revenue. It's about all the other aspects of being Are our team happy? Are our customers happy? Have we got a great way to bring people up throughout the organization? If you're focusing too much on, I don't think this number is correct, or I don't think that number is correct, or I don't believe that number, you're focusing on things that really don't make a big change in the, in the business. And I think implementing a really solid software like Enify enables you 
to focus on the bigger picture. We want to take care of the like granularity of the data processing of where orders are going, where invoices are going, how your stock looks, what your stock variants look like. We want to be able to give you that data really reliably and accurately at, at the touch of a button so that, so that the team can focus on actually making a much bigger impact, both for their teams and also the customer and their own business. And that's where we think we can add uh, a lot of a lot of value. If I just take on my uh, skeptical hat and say, so how do you then make sure that the, the, the data you get in, because I guess that the inventory data lies with you, you can really easily pull that off. But how do you get the, how do you integrate with sales and the whole workforce management piece? What's the typical, the, the way you do that? I mean, for us, it requires integration partners. So we have a lot of integration partners with, with point of sale providers, with rotor management software, and we, we, we don't do point of sale. We don't do rotor management. We want to be the connected partner. And I think that's really, really important is that we want to be trusted and connected to these other systems to be able to give the, the data and insights that, that people need. And, you know, I, I think the, how people trust the data is that we give the prompts and alerts for when they need to make actions or changes as an example for like an approving of a shift. Like we can only take accurate labor data if, if the data in the rotor management software is accurate. So how do we do that? It's, it's, it's reminders, it's, it's alerts to tell the team to actually, hey, look, you need to close your shift or this shift needs to be closed or this is what you need to do next. To, it keeps those constant reminders to keep the data accurate. And then if for something someone forgets or someone's on holiday, we're able to then flag that to the, the ops manager or whoever's in charge to be able to actually make sure that the data is correct. And then we will also, when we're giving you the results and the impact, there'll be caveats. Hey, FYI, your labor cost is X, but your three shifts weren't closed yesterday, as an example. And guess also the, the suggestion you are giving in the system, are they generated on their data or is they generated on patterns you see in general saying, if your labor cost is that high, have you then checked if you have too many shoulder hours on or whatever it can be? It, it's, a combi- it's a combination of the two. So using your data, but also looking at patterns of historical, historical data and what we think based on the sales looking forward, what, what, what it should be. And we're still like very, very much in the early days of this. So like, you know, we're still a very, very young company. We're still getting these kind of predictability pieces correct and right. But, the, you know, the more people we get on board, the more data that we have, the better and more accurately we can, we can help and partner with, with operators to, to drive a more profitable business. Hmm. What is, in your view, you know, lots of change in, in hospitality since the, even since you exited the, the coffee business a lot? You know, premises have changed. There's a new black swan almost every quarter right now going into the industry. And um, what what problem would you like to see being solved in the industry? If you could like take a a magic wand and get that problem to disappear. I think a, ma- a magic wand is, I like, I, I love hospitality. I love the industry. I'm hugely passionate uh, about coffee, about food, about everything to do with hospitality. And, and, I, and I think every other person that has started a hospitality business is, is equally as passionate and equally as excited. And, and the unfortunate event is that the majority of hospitality businesses run on very, very thin margins. And 
that's not through a lack of trying. That's not through a lack of passion. That's not through a lack of excitement. It, it's, I think, through a lack of like clear understanding of the numbers. And if I could shave a magic wand, I would lo love every hospitality operator out there to uh, run a really, really profitable business. That's what I would love. And if we can help people do that, that's what we want, want to get to. And obviously, business is not all about bottom line profit at all. You know, there are so many other amazing aspects about running a business uh, beyond profitability. However, you can do all the other things that make an amazing business with more profit. You know, if you have more bottom line profitability, you can invest in your employees more. You, you can grow your sales. You can grow your team. You can have better customer experience. It helps drive that. And I think it becomes, it becomes challenging to, to reinvest when you don't have the the money to reinvest. Uh, and I think the whole industry, you know, definitely could, definitely could use more profit, more profitability across the board. And, and I would love to be able to help operators do that. And you know, if that's partnering with us or if that's us recommending someone else, like that, that's what I want to do. I'm, I'm passionate about helping operators streamline their business because I have been there and lived these problems for like five or six years. And I just know it firsthand. I know how it feels. I know the struggles, you know, the, the morning call on a Saturday morning where two people haven't turned up for work. I just, you know, you know how it feels and how can we, how can we help, you know? And, and that's the, the bottom line is how can we help operators? And we're still seriously early days of, of this, but, you know, I just know what it's like. I know what it's like firsthand. And I really, really want to help other operators who have been in my position improve their business. Yeah, that is really interesting from the first time we talked as well. And I think I mentioned to you at that point, like one of the, you know, when I operated the best restaurant is when I get people involved. Like I'm not talking about just the GM. I'm talking about when the employee that stands there understands what their impact is financially on the business. And, you know, it doesn't mean that they, it's their fault. You're responsible as an owner, but actually if you start teaching them to become in the wildest dream business people as well, then something happens. And I think that's also what I can see and what you talk about. How can you actually give people tools so they can make better decisions on every level? And this book we talked about on the podcast a lot of time and hoping Jack Stack is coming on the show this year, uh, working really hard on that. He wrote a book on driving his business this way. It's called The Great Game of Business. And it's actually about how do you actually train your people in becoming better business people. But actually what they had to do, they did a lot of manual, learn them to calculate GPs and different flow times and things in a factory. And it's really, really interesting if you can get to that point, that level, but then everybody's working on the profitability part, but they're all doing it to actually create more energy in the business so we can go and do all the fun stuff. Exactly. And, and he, their dream was, because they were in a part of the US, that owning your own home was the most safe thing you can do from a retirement point of view. And that was the mission of the companies for that program. And they, mostly the people that were there for decades, they had their own home at some point. Thereby no mortgage and therefore they didn't have the stress. And what happened? These people stay because who gave them their home, you know? And it's just like yeah. an incredible story, but it, go, it takes time. But they did it on insights as well. It was not, they knew that they had so many great elements in this company. But the, what will break the company was cash flow. And if everybody didn't get involved in the cash flow, they'll go out of business. And so they took that journey over three years and turned the company around. And I think it's 
brilliant book to read. But that was a bit of a side thing. I just thought it would fit really well into our conversation. I love that. And it's not so long, and you, you, you really sympathize with being an operator. You can hear that when you talk about the Saturday. I was, that was a situation <laughs> driving through my head many years ago. And that was like I said, enough is enough. Many operators get to, I need to go and do something else because it's killing me. But what is the most significant learning you have had as a business owner developing this for operator? Because suddenly you're on the other side of the table. And over the last couple of years, what is the most significant learning you've done on yourself, the business, or hospitality, maybe even? I I think I think the main thing is with any system, everyone always talks about, you know, if you get good data in, you get good data out. Now, I'm if I'm an operator, often I don't know what good data looks like, often I don't know how to get the data in. And now on the other side, as a software business or as a software partner. I want, you know, I'm not, I can't say that because I know what it's like on the other foot. I need to help you as an operator get good data in. You know, it's my job as a, as a software business to help the operator get the good data in. And it's no good just me going, hey, here's how you use it. It's out of the box. Bam. I need to encourage you through, you know, through automations, through support, through all these other bits and pieces to really help the operator get the good data in. And you know, we're still in this early day, early day and it still requires some manual input. But if we can get that right, if we really can really get good data in and support getting good data into a system to give you really clear insight, that's where we think we can really, really help. And, and I, I think my experience, having been on the other side of having this kind of out-of-the-box out software, that, that's, that's where I, I feel we really, really can make a hugely positive impact impact for hospitality businesses. Interesting. As a, as a founder, there's again, you're of course in your new business also wearing a lot of hats. That's how it is. Lots of pressure, the founder's journey and the obstacles that come to that. How do you make sure you show up as the best version of yourself? What is like your, your hacks or maybe there's one hack. There's one hack. I, I'm, I'm definitely like a naturally high energy, positive person. And so I think that definitely helps. Showing up with a huge amount of positivity every day is probably one of my main, main hacks. Like positivity solves, solves a lot of, lot of challenges. And I think the, the, obviously the second part is having a great team. And I know this is like quite cliche, but like I, if, if the coffee machine broke on a Saturday morning at the coffee shop, I could go and fix the coffee machine. Or, or, or if the barista show up, I can go cover the shift. If the code breaks, I can't fix it. You know, I'm a non-technical founder, so it's crucial that we build an amazing team around around me to kind of build and and scale this. And, it, and it's my vision and what we're trying to do. And I, I need to get that across the whole team and get their buy-in. And I think that's been that's been the biggest biggest learning. But also, I think it makes it a lot easier to show up for work when you have a great team around you. Yeah. I totally agree because also then you're together with people that you thrive with and you want to change something in the world with. Any top advice you want to give to operators out there? The the one or two things you think they should reflect, think about, maybe go and action on? I, I mean, I was never particularly the greatest operator, which I think was one of, one of my, one of my downfalls. I think is I think as an owner and, and just, I think as an, as an owner of any, any business, it's, 
it's getting people to buy into your your vision of what you want to do and, and being able to really easily communicate that to the rest of the team and then also communicate that to your customers. And at the end of the day, you know, really, if you have a really good idea or you really think something is, is worth doing or worth sharing, it's about breaking it down and going, look, what is the problem we're solving? How are we going to solve it? And what is the impact? And breaking it down to that like really simple framework to come to a really clear business decision. Mm. I like that again, because like sometimes we think we have communicated the vision of what we're doing or even very easy for people. And I often say employees are like consumer. If you design a retail pack, you have eight seconds to get their attention and alignment on what you do. And that's the same in leadership. You need to get them. The purpose of your business has to be so clear or whatever you communicate to them has to be so clear they don't miss them. Because again, it's the same attention span that is uh, available. You eight seconds. I love that. What is what is the question you wished I asked you I didn't do? And what would it be? And what would you answer? What is the question that, that I wished you had asked? The question that I wish you had asked. God, this is a tough, I, just, I thought I would have thought about this before. beforehand. I wish you had asked, uh, uh, what does the journey look like for Edify? I think this, this year is a big year for us. I joined the business full-time two and a half months ago. So I'm still very, very, very fresh. And I think if we can have uh, a really positive impact on a huge number of operators in hospitality, that's what, that's what this a good year looks like for me. And, and hopefully for the rest of our customers and, and the rest of our team. Where can people find out more about Edify? Connect with you? Where are the best places to go? The best places to go, most likely LinkedIn. So Ed Barry on LinkedIn and uh, on our website, edifysystems.io. Great. Uh, thank you for, for joining the Hospitality Maverick podcast show. I send you and the team power and energy to make the industry more profitable. Amazing, Mike. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate that you're listening in. So if you enjoyed today's conversation, please share with others, rate it or give it a review or subscribe to one of our channels which all can be done via the website hospitalitymavericks.com. I believe that reading books is key to become a great leader. So I've helped you with a curated list of some of the books that have impacted the guests here on the show and myself over the years. Find it on Hospitality Mavericks website, hospitalitymavericks.com, under the reading list. A big thank you to BizTemply for supporting us, bringing great insights, strategies, and tools to help leaders to become better every day. Check them out at bizsimply.com or on their social at bizsimply or bizsimplyhq. You can also email them directly at podcast at besimply.com. If you have any ideas and feedback for the show or other thoughts, reach out to me via LinkedIn or my email, michael at hospitalitymavericks.com. I'm Michael Tingser, and you've been listening to the Hospitality Maverick Podcast Show. Be Maverick!